Welcome to the Radical Mother Village. If you're new here, a radical mother is a woman poised in her power, ready to disrupt cycles of generational trauma running through her family like wildfire. She's working to improve her life, the lives of her children, and shape the landscape of her community. If that's you, you're in the right place. This podcast is designed to connect you with resources, inspiration, and the reminder that you are not alone as you embark on your journey of radical mothering. I'm your host, Krista Bevan, dynamic self-care coach for radical moms, and I'm so excited you're here with me. Now let's dive in. Hey mamas, welcome back to another episode of the Radical Mother Village podcast. I am your host, Krista Bevan, and today I want to talk about why it's so important to have a plan for nourishing your nervous system through the holiday season, because believe it or not, next week is Thanksgiving, which means Christmas is right around the corner, and Hanukkah, and New Year's, and all of that. I also have a birthday in there. Well, I don't have a birthday. My son has a birthday at the end of December, so it's a very busy upcoming season in our house, and I know that it is in yours as well. So before we get into that holiday season, I want to give you some tips and tricks for exactly what you can do to really take care of yourself on a deeper, more nourishing level than maybe you've heard in other places because this is so important because this is such a stressful time of year for a lot of different reasons. And we're going to get into all of that. And before we do, I actually want to tell you about, I want to invite you to something that I am hosting again this year, which is a nervous system regulation self-care adventure. It's a kind of fun little plan words there, but I did this now, I think this is the third year I've done it now, and it's been so much fun every year. Everyone always loves it so much, and it's free. All you have to do is go to kristabevan.com forward slash advent, and you can sign up there, and what it's going to do is I am going to send you out an email every day in December leading up to Christmas. They're really short. They're really sweet. You're going to get them first thing in the morning. And each email has an activity to help you really connect with yourself, to reset your stress levels, to do something to nourish your nervous system, do something to take care of yourself. And this is all really grounded, practical advice that's rooted in neuroscience. It's so much fun. Like I said, everyone always enjoys it. I get lots of emails back from people really, really enjoying the activities. And so I want to extend that to you as well and invite you to join us along on this adventure. Um, Whether you celebrate Christmas or not, it can just be a really great way to, again, carve out some space for yourself. Everything there is for recommended activities is low cost, low commitment. They take just like five to 10 minutes of time or less to complete. And it's just a really nice way to give yourself something during this holiday season. So let's talk about why it's so important to have a plan for holiday stress. You've probably heard me say this before, but stress is inevitable. That's the bad news. The good news is how we prepare for it doesn't need to be. We can actually anticipate stressful events like the holiday season and then make a plan to do something about it so that we're not quite so overwhelmed, which is exactly why I'm giving you this information now and why I want you to start thinking about this because when we can set ourselves up for a relaxing holiday experience, it's better for everyone, right? It's better for ourselves. It's better for our kids. We come out of it on the other side and it doesn't feel so awful. We can go into it next year, not dreading it so much. So just some questions to ask yourself to sort of think about ahead of time is 
What do you value? What traditions or memories or experiences are really high on your priority list that you want to accomplish? What are the memories that you want to create with your kids? What are the what are the things that you want them to grow up and look back on and remember fondly? That's going to help set the stage for what we sort of pick and what you put on your calendar to do. Another thing to ask yourself is, what's your baseline stress level right now? How are you feeling going into this holiday season? And let's be honest, we're going into Christmas number two through a pandemic. And so for a lot of us, we're just running on empty, right? We're already depleted. We're already tired. We're feeling exhausted. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but I know that that's true for a lot of people. And at the same time, I think a lot of us are feeling like, We are craving connection, in-person, relationships with one another again. And so just thinking about sort of where you're at in terms of your comfort level with visiting with others, where your family is at with comfort level, what is available to you this year that is always available, what's not available this year that typically is, and kind of just looking at that, again, in preparation. And then another thing to consider is what are some of the things that you already do to help nourish your nervous system? What of those things are you going to be able to continue? What are the things that really fill up your cup and help you de-stress and help you to, to take care of yourself? Are some of those going to be impacted because of your holiday schedule? So for instance, maybe you are a runner. And if you've listened to the show before, you know that I wouldn't run if you chased me. <laughs> I hear it's great. Uh, I, I know people who love exercising by running. I'm not one of those people. But let's say you are one of those people and you normally go for a run every morning before the kids get up. Well, if you're going to visit your mother-in-law in Minnesota where it's super icy, You might not be able to do that every day. So what are you going to do instead? If those are the things you rely on now, how can you anticipate maybe not being able to participate in those things? And what are you going to offer to yourself as an alternative? Okay, next I want to talk about what I call stress hotspots. And what stress hotspots are, are the parts of your life that you know are going to cause you stress or almost always or pretty reliably cause a lot of stress either for you or for your kids and you know around the holidays maybe it's that uncle jerry starts talking and you want to hide in the closet and never come out or maybe your mother starts commenting on your child's sleeping patterns so if you know that uncle jerry is going to start talking politics at the thanksgiving dinner table and you know that your mother is going to comment about your kids sleep patterns then there's some things that you can do in preparation anticipating those so number one is Avoid them if you can. Can you get out of the dinner you know Uncle Jerry is going to be at? Can you come for an hour and have drinks or appetizers and let people visit with the kids and then leave? Is that an option? Can you talk to your sister ahead of time and create a buddy system so that neither of you gets trapped next to him in conversation and you have a guaranteed conversation partner to avoid his drama? Can you book a hotel instead of staying with family to reduce the amount of time that you have with them face to face, right? So just starting to think about what options you have to maybe avoid some of these stress hotspots. Another thing you can do are be prepared ahead of time with a firm boundary. So boundary work is critical at the holidays. And one thing about setting boundaries that can be really difficult is that if we are blindsided by something that triggers us or something that crosses our line, to be able to establish that boundary 
when we're in that sort of responsive state can feel extra difficult. And boundaries are already something that a lot of us struggle with anyway. So we really want to make this as easy for ourselves as possible. So again, going back to that example, if you know that your mom is going to comment on the way that your kids sleep or the way that they don't sleep, prepare a statement for yourself ahead of time. You can even rehearse it if that helps. It can be something as simple as, Mom, I hear what you're saying, but I've made a choice on this and I'm not open to discussing other options at this time. That's it. Short and sweet. You don't have to justify yourself. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to give reasons why you're doing something or not doing something. Because remember, when it comes to setting boundaries with others, and especially people close to you who you are more likely to have an emotional connection to and an and an emotional charge with, their reaction is theirs. It's not yours. How they take you setting a boundary is on them. It is not a reflection of the value of that boundary or the necessity of that boundary. And they can be upset about it. You know, a lot of times I fi- <laughs> I'm finding that adult behavior can often be correlated with the way that you would handle toddler behavior. So let me tell you how I mean that. That If your child is having a tantrum because you've put a boundary in place about something that's a safety issue, they want to touch the stove, the stove is hot, you say no and you don't let them cross that line, you're putting the boundary there for their protection. And if they have a tantrum, that's their problem. And it doesn't mean that you're going to let them then touch the hot stove because they're upset about it. No, of course not. You're going to hold the boundary anyway, because that's what we need to do. And the same is true with adults. We need to hold boundaries and we put boundaries in place to protect other people and to let other people know what we value and where the line is of them crossing it into something that we don't value. So just remember that, because again, I know boundary work can be really difficult and how essential it is. Okay, another tip for the holiday season and really for life and motherhood in general is try to be realistic about how long things take. And I don't know how many of you can relate to this, but I often forget to buffer in that extra time that it takes to complete an activity. So for example, an outing to go cut our Christmas tree down isn't just about getting everybody ready. It's also about the time it takes to bring the tree in, to get the stand out, to get the stand ready, to clean the wet mittens and socks out of the car that my son has inevitably pulled off and thrown in a panic. It's time to sweep up the needles that got dragged through the house on the way to the living room, where the tree's going to go, etc. It's all these other pieces that are part of that one activity that on your calendar might it's slotted in for a two-hour outing, it might actually take you three hours. And then there's the little bit of downtime and chance to catch your breath after this big outing and activity. So I just want you to be mindful of that, that when we schedule things too tightly and we don't leave enough space, and this can be space either physically on the clock and in our schedules, but it could also be mental space, right? Space in our mental bandwidth to deal with the whole task. What can happen is that those things can start to add up and to use a seasonal metaphor, they can start to snowball. And before you know it, you're rummaging through the kitchen cupboards, overwhelmed by the mess that's everywhere, frantically searching for a coffee cup top and bottom that match and frustrated when you can't find one, only to realize that all of the coffee cups are sitting in your car still because you haven't taken them out and washed them from the last three times that you were out. Or is that just me? (laughs) Right? And so the point is here, it's a little bit of 
proactiveness. It's an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Taking that time to really look at everything that it takes to do these things that you want to participate in. I know you don't want to feel like the Grinch all Christmas season long. So what you need to do is make sure that you're setting yourself up to not be in that mood. And one of the ways you can do that is just being really realistic about how long things take. Okay, another reason that I'm talking about all of this now and giving you these tips ahead of time is that it's so much easier to head into the season already feeling somewhat composed or grounded or centered rather than frantic and dysregulated and reactive and overwhelmed or depressed and lethargic and out of energy, right? Because none of those things are fun. And if you go into the holidays feeling that way and you don't have a good plan for it and you kind of just take things as they come and you don't do anything to really get rid of that extra stress that this time of year just seems to bring no matter what we do, then you're going to feel even worse. And we don't want that again, right? We want to be able to enjoy our holidays. We want to be able to enjoy time with our family. We want to be able to enjoy time with our kids. So here are some more strategies that you can try. Again, this kind of goes back to this idea of thinking about your stress hotspots. But what are the things that always overwhelm you? Maybe it's baking a gingerbread palace with your kids as a tradition that you have every year. But halfway through the project, you're ready to tear your hair out every single year. So what can you do to eliminate that tradition and start a new one? If that's not a choice, how can you simplify by maybe buying pre-made gingerbread pieces? Or maybe instead of a gingerbread palace, you make a small house instead. And if you're laughing going, who makes gingerbread palaces? I actually remember from being a kid... I don't think that it was just that I was small and the gingerbread house was huge, but I had a friend in kindergarten and her mother used to make this giant palace. I don't know how else to describe it. The thing was freaking huge. And again, I was small, but I'm pretty sure this thing was giant. It took up a whole table in her house. And so if that's you and you're doing that and it brings you joy, great, keep doing that. But if you're doing it because you feel like you should or you feel like you have to or you feel like it's going to ruin your kid's Christmas if you break the tradition and you make it a little bit smaller, the truth is that's not true. That's not going to happen. You are allowed to take care of yourself and understand and recognize your limits. So we've talked about the things that you know that you're going to dread at some point in the process. I want you to also think about the things that you look forward to. Maybe it's time spent under the Christmas tree looking up at the lights. Maybe it's sledding and hot cocoa with your kids. Maybe it's snuggling up for a cozy movie night. Whatever it is, recognize what those things are and see if you can plan more of that. Take out the things that are stressing you and add in the things that you really enjoy. Make them extra special. How can you plan to look forward to them? How can you make a plan with your kids to anticipate how much fun it's going to be to have that movie night on Saturday? Talk about it all week, right? Look forward to something. We can actually hack our neurobiology by self-dosing with dopamine, by getting excited, by celebrating these little things. And so the more that we can do that, the more that we can intentionally put ourselves in a good mood and feel good and flood our body with feel-good hormones, and it's just going to make the holidays that much more fun. A next strategy that you can do is talk to your partner. And hopefully you're talking to your partner and having open and honest communication with them on a regular basis. But again, this time of year, everything is extra important to be turning up the dial on a little bit. And that includes communication with your partner. So 
make sure to ask them what do they need to come out of this holiday season feeling calm and centered and grounded. Make a plan to tackle this together as a team so that you can each get what you need out of it, both for enjoyment, but also time to rebound and rest and recover. And then, of course, you need to make a plan for yourself because ultimately you can talk to your partner, you can have a you know, strategy with them, but really you're only responsible for yourself. So make sure that you have a plan in place for you. So I always have what I call my resources for regulation roadmap handy, and this is a great time of year to review that and make sure that it's updated. So this is something that I walk you through in my course, The Reactive to Regulated Mother, but essentially what this is is your personal list of nervous system nourishing activities. So one thing that happens when we get stressed out and we sort of go into survival mode, we can often get amnesia about what the things are that we can do to actually help ourselves feel better. And this happens to me even years after practicing some of these activities, I'll forget, oh, right, I can turn on this piece of music and it always calms me. Or I can smell this essential oil and I know it'll help relax me. So what I do is I write them down. I have this list handy. Better yet, you can even give it to your husband and have them keep it on hand so that they can say, hey, have you looked at your list lately? Like, go go check this out. Like, what do you need to pick off of this thing to be able to go and do for yourself right now. So that list is really, really invaluable. So if you don't have one already, make yourself one. You can simply just write down all of the things that really help you. If you have no idea how to do this and you're not sure what is going to help, send me a message, connect with me on my website. I can help you get started. Again, I walk you through exactly what you need to do with lots of suggestions for neuroscience-backed activities that really help nourish your nervous system in that course. But even without the course, you can still make this list for yourself and use it all the time and especially this time of year. So just for some examples, some of the things that I have on my list that are really super helpful include breathwork practices that help ground and center me, TRE, I did a whole episode on TRE earlier in the summer, sun salutations, which is a really simple yoga sequence that's easy to memorize and to practice and you can do it in under 10 minutes sitting with a cup of tea in my journal, practicing legs up the wall pose, also yoga nidra or yogic sleep meditations. Those are a great way to really get some deep relaxation in in a very short amount of time. And what's nice about everything I have on my list is that these work in two ways. They help me prepare for stress, so all of them increase my capacity for stress in my body, but they also help me to recover from a stressful event that sort of knocks me off my center a little bit. And so what I like to do is sit down and really look at my holiday calendar and make sure that I'm not only planning in some pockets of time for these activities, but even planning an extra knowing that I'm going to need them. And all of this goes a long way to supporting myself throughout the season. It helps me to show up more likely to be in a holly jolly festive mood and less likely to be showing up as a Grinch. Okay, so just to recap, it is so important to head into the holiday season feeling our best and also prepared for everything that the holidays are going to throw at us. And also, I just want to take a moment to, and I should have done this at the beginning and I apologize, but... I really want to also acknowledge that this can be an incredibly triggering time of year. Because let's face it, our relationship to the holidays and our relationship to our families 
as radical mothers is not always the best. This is not always a season of celebration. It's oftentimes mixed with a lot of grief and a lot of trauma triggers. And that's the other reason that we want to be extra gentle with ourselves because we are probably going through so much and so much more than the other mothers that we see around us, the moms who seem to be doing everything and doing it all, especially at Christmas, that are doing the handmade, decorate their house, top to bottom, Clark Griswold style. Like, it's it's just not realistic. Number one, I think they're probably burning themselves out and not recognizing it. But number two, when you're dealing with trauma triggers through all of this as well, you need an extra level of self-compassion and, and grace and ease and space in your calendar to navigate through all of this. So I just want to acknowledge that, that if you are in a place where you're not talking to all or part of your family, you are most definitely not alone. There's nothing wrong with you for having put those boundaries up. And even if that means cutting people out of your life for a season or maybe forever, There's nothing wrong with you. It doesn't mean that you can't have an enjoyable holiday season. And some of the things I talked about in this episode are hopefully going to help you really be able to maximize, again, the cheer and the joy and minimize those triggers and the pain that the season can bring up either as memories or as extra stress in our bodies. So do what you can ahead of time now. We still have time to get ready. We still have time to be thinking about these things. I don't want this episode to sound like more work for you. I actually want this to just be work that you do ahead of time to save work later. I want this to make your life easier. I always want to make your life easier. And then of course, don't forget, go sign up for the Nervous System Regulation Self-Care Adventure It's free. It's so much fun. I know you're going to love it. Head to kristabevan.com forward slash advent and you can join us there. We start December 1st. You can sign up now and you can follow along for daily, really simple, super helpful tips to help because I want you to have the best holiday season ever. All right, mamas, that wraps up another episode of the Radical Mother Village. Thank you so much for listening. I know how valuable your time is, and I appreciate that you're willing to spend some of it with me each week. If you are looking to dive deeper and connect with fellow Radical Mothers, you can do that by joining the virtual village that I facilitate over on Facebook. You can find the link to that in the show notes, or you can also search within Facebook itself for the Radical Mother Village. Over there, you'll find other like-minded mamas doing this work, supporting and encouraging one another, and it's also a great way to connect directly with myself, get a sneak peek on upcoming content, and get access to exclusive offers and resources. 